Hey guys, this is Pastor Zach, and you are listening to Sermon Notes here at HPC. I wanted to share this this morning with you. So several weeks ago, Pastor Zach was either joking. Jennifer and I have this, this running question. Does, that, does Pastor Zach know he's unintentionally prophetic? He says things, and they happen. My mom's like that. Pretty much if she says it, it's going to happen. There's like certain people that have this tight-knit thing with the Holy Spirit. And so Pastor Zach jokingly or prophetically said a few weeks ago, we're going to have Kurt start teaching on sowing and reaping and seed because he, he has that. He understands that. And I said, oh, man, that's the green light I've been waiting for. Because Pastor Zach and I have been talking about this from the beginning of the year, sowing and reaping, finances. It's interesting because the moment we start saying finances in the sanctuary, everybody gets a little uptight. Oh, oh, we're going there. That's why we had to kill pride this morning. Because just because you think you know the principles, I don't care if you've been in church 30, 40 years, you know, what we're going to discover this morning is that God has kingdom principles and laws that are in place and we need to understand those principles and laws in order to see the kingdom of God come from heaven to earth. Pastor Zach didn't, get up, didn't tell me to get up here this morning and talk on giving. He and I have been talking for months. And I knew the moment that he jokingly or prophetically said that, that's my green light. Because God's been stirring in me. I would be remiss to not share the kingdom principles with you this morning. And you know why Pastor Zach has been so cautious about giving teaching and tithing teaching? Because we understand that many of you have been abused, manipulated, coerced. And so the moment we start saying finances or giving or tithing and offering, something begins to rise up as a trigger. Something begins to rise up. But I want to ask you this morning if you would be willing to lay down everything you believe that you know and have already heard and studied out and heard great preachers teach on. I want to ask you if you would be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to communicate something that he's been stirring for a while, something he's been preparing for a while. It's really, really important. And so if you're here today, before you walk out the door, please give me 20 minutes because I believe the Lord has something for you today. You know, God doesn't need to take anything from you. Most of the time, he's looking to get something to you. We're too busy holding on to what we have. The scripture says that there is one who scatters, and yet he increases more. There's another who withholds more than is right, and it leads to poverty. Why is that? It's because we don't understand the kingdom principles. God's kingdom does not operate like this world. And the only way to see the kingdom of our God come to this earth is to get in line with his kingdom principles and laws. And one of those is sowing and reaping. God said to Noah after the flood, when Noah came out, God said, I'll show you today, Genesis chapter 8. He said, as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest. It shall not cease. And so if God is declaring that, right along the same line that he's declaring, I'll never destroy the earth by flood again, then we ought to get in line and get a hold of what he's saying here. God doesn't need your pocket and your purse. He doesn't need your pocketbook. He doesn't need your wallet. But I'm going to tell you something that Jesus taught us. 
Do you know if the Lord doesn't have your pocketbook and doesn't have your purse and doesn't have your wallet, he doesn't have your heart. It's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. He doesn't have your heart because Jesus said himself, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's not the flip. Please follow with me this morning because the first thing I'm preaching before I get into saying something the Lord told me to say. If you have been coerced, if you have been manipulated, if somebody has pulled on you to give your possessions or your money, if a church, if a minister, if a ministry on television has coerced you, manipulated you, tricked you into giving, first and foremost, I want to stand before you this morning as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and say, I'm sorry. On behalf of godly ministers, I'm sorry. On behalf of the Lord who does not want his children and bride manipulated, I'm sorry. Genuinely, I'm sorry. We have done you a disservice. And the reason that ministers and preachers and ministries have done that, I am willing to believe with all my heart, nine times out of ten, is a misunderstanding of the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping. Let me tell you something. We live in an upside-down world. We live in an upside-down kingdom. God's kingdom is right-side-up, and so sometimes it looks different from the kingdom of this world. This world operates on buying and selling. This world operates on buying and selling supply and demand. The kingdom of our God operates on sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest. So the first thing I want to say is I'm sorry because those ministers probably didn't understand the biblical truth and the kingdom principle law of sowing and reaping. Can you hear the heart of the Father this morning to say, I'm sorry. And number two, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because somebody manipulated you, just because somebody lied to you, just because somebody coerced you into giving to fill either their pocket or their ministry, don't throw out God's kingdom principle. His principles and laws will work for you. They will. They will. And the third thing that I want to say to you, and this is where it gets good, the third thing I want to say to you this morning is if you would be willing to hear me, if you have ears to hear, as Pastor John says, if you have ears to hear, if you have eyes to see, let your heart understand, believe, and receive. If you have been coerced, manipulated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, we've all been there, right? Okay, so if that's happened to you today, you can start turning around your anger and your grudge, and you can start turning that into a seed because God will take the giving that you gave that you were coerced and manipulated and begrudgingly, and if you let it go, he'll make it a seed that goes into the ground to produce a harvest for you. I'm not manipulating you. I'm telling you how God's kingdom works. I stood up here weeks ago and told you about the house. My very first home took me 10 years, 10 years for us to own our first home. And I kept saying, God, we sold it all. We gave it all away. We drove across the country. We did all this. We did all that. You know what I was doing? I had seed in my hand, and I was holding on to it. But God, I already did this. 
God, I'm holding on to this because this is your promise. And the Lord said, let it go. Because Jesus said, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, I tell you the truth, it'll produce nothing. You got to let the seed go. So that minister who stole from you, that ministry, that church, that pastor that manipulated you, somebody here, either first or second service, it's a mortgage on your house. I saw it. The Lord showed me. It's a mortgage on your house, and you're holding on to it because you gave it, because somebody told you to give it. Somebody told you to dig down deep, and you're going to give a big gift. And God is saying, will you let that go? Will you take communion over it, and will you let it become a seed? Will you let it become a seed? Guys, our, our minds can go tilt on this stuff because you think I'm talking the way the rest of the, I'm teaching you the kingdom principles here. We're going to get to the scripture. I wanted to lay that out for us this morning so that we can understand as we look at this scripture. We're about to dive into 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is writing his second letter to the church at Corinth. And he spends chapters. We have chapters. It was just one beautiful letter. He spends these few chapters, 8 and 9 and 10. And he's talking about excelling in their giving. And the reason he's talking to them about that is because they already had a desire to do it. So let's turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to pick up in verse 9. We'll, we'll start at verse 6, actually. All the students of School of the Spirit know that. We're going to go at least one, one verse earlier. So we have all heard this taught before, but can you, let, can you have fresh ears on this this morning? Can you let the Lord give you some fresh ears and fresh eyes? so that we are not robbed of what the Lord has for us. All right, so 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. I want to just clear up any confusion here. Paul is talking about monetary financial giving. The church at Corinth had a desire to provide for a specific need. Paul would go from town to town, start up a church, and he would talk about Jerusalem. He would talk about the brothers and sisters who have a financial need in Jerusalem. And so he would go and raise money. He would talk about some of the things that he need. He needed to do his ministry. He doesn't need personally. You're going to see that. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now here, we're about to come to what we have posted in the back of our church here. We expect at HPC that you're going to give as the Spirit leads you. That comes from what we're about to read. But let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Underline it, mark it up, make it scream in your Bible. Not grudgingly or of necessity. Why? For God loves the cheerful giver. Now, we have been Bible-thumped that all day long. When you give today, give cheerfully as the Lord leads you and make it full. Something like that. Something big. We're, we're breaking off all that today with all that pride and insecurity. We're breaking off all that stuff that has come because God has something fresh for his people that he wants us to understand. Can you track with me this morning? Can you stay with me? Can you stay with me? I'm telling you, we're going to get to some good stuff here. And God is able to make all grace, verse 8, all grace abound towards you that you always 
having all sufficiency in all things. Do you see how many alls are in there? Do you think God wants you poor? No. He wants you, read it. He wants you to have all sufficiency in all things, always. Every single one of us has a capacity to fulfill. Every one of us. You may not be out there making millions. Maybe that's not your call. But you do have a capacity to fulfill. And God wants to fill you, not so that you can be, you and I can be fat, dumb, and happy and just enjoy all the blessings. Because I'm going to tell you part of the problem is in Western culture, we have woven in the American dream to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to have all sufficiency in all things. It doesn't mean that we need to be fat, dumb, and happy and sitting on all these great resources and assets that the Lord has given us. We will have all sufficiency in all things as the Lord provides for us that his grace may abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. What? May have an abundance for every good work. How painful is it when you want to give and your pocket is empty? Okay, I feel like that's painful. <laughs> I don't like when there's a need that I can fill and my pocket is empty. So God is getting us to see, do you know so much of the Christian culture has operated on buying and selling and not the kingdom principle of sowing and reaping? And so that's the reason sometimes that our pockets are a little empty because we're not understanding seed, time, and harvest. We're missing it a little bit. But the Lord loves us, and so he's redirecting. God's not looking to try to get something from you. He's trying to get something to you. I'll tell you what, it's really good if you start getting a hold of it. Man, you know as well as I do, it's pretty painful for those of us who have experienced not being able a meal or two to feed our children or not knowing where our next home is going to be. It's painful. It's painful. And God wants to redirect so that we can understand we're supposed to have all sufficiency in all things so that we have an abundance for every good work. He's talking about money here. You can read chapter 8 and 9 to find out. Okay, here we go. An abundance for every good work. As it is written, this comes from Psalm 112. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now, here's why I want to bring our focus this morning, okay? Y'all still with me? First time. I'm glad the front of the room is with me. Back of the room, are we okay? Thank you. Everyone's still with me? Check your rocks at the door. You can only throw cabbage and tomatoes in this house, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm really pleading with you this morning because I believe that the Lord really does have something good he wants us to get a hold of if we could just adjust the kingdom. I think about this. I almost thought about putting up a triangle. We live in an upside-down kingdom. I've heard it taught, the upside-down kingdom, and we're talking about God's kingdom. Wrong. This world is upside-down. God is right-side-up. So in order to operate the way he operates, he said, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. And we're always like, oh, you don't know what God's thinking. Oh, you don't know what God's going to do. Sure you do. His will is written in his word. 
Sure you do. Jesus is the full expression of God the Father himself. Look no further than Jesus. You know God's heart. You know God's will. Just look at Jesus. He's right there. His kingdom is right side up. And in order to see, as Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, Father, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven, we have to get in line and have a paradigm shift, walk away from the upside-down triangle, and come over here to this right-side-up pyramid and learn how to operate with seed, time, and harvest. It's getting good here. I'm excited, and that's really all that matters. Verse 10. Uh, verse 10. Now, in New King James, I'm sorry. I don't know if you put up New King James. I know our pastor does NASB. I love New King James. But it's interesting because here in New King James, it says, now may. What do you guys have up there? All right. So if you, if you learn how to study your Bible, that may does not exist. So it reads like this. Now he. Not may he, but now he. Subtle difference, really important. Now he who supplies seed to the sower. Everyone say supply. supply. He who supplies seed, everyone say seed. seed, to the sower. Oh, you guys are good. I love it. Good work. Good work, class. <laughs> now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed that you sow and increase the fruits of your righteousness. If you're paying attention this morning, this whole passage, these, these three verses we've been reading, six through nine, there's an interchange here of grace, righteousness, and seed, giving. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Wow, there's, there's some grace. There's some righteousness that comes in giving. What we would say is external righteousness. You're already justified right here between you and God. There's an outer working of our righteousness that we have. And so this is really cool. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower. I've got a lot to share on this, and it's really powerful. I'm excited about what the Lord does, because if you can make one shift this morning and just realize you're leaving the kingdom of darkness in terms of your finances, and you're coming into the kingdom of light. You're having a new paradigm shift this morning, and you're realizing, you and I are realizing, get a hold of just this principle and this law. Just so you don't think I'm crazy and off my rocker, I'm going to take us back to Genesis chapter 8 so that you can see one of the very first covenants that God establishes after Adam, after he destroys the earth by flood, saves Noah through the baptism of the waters and his family in Genesis chapter 8. What is it about getting old that causes you to lick your fingers and move the pages? Why does it work when you're younger and it doesn't when you get a little older? So, okay. All right. God creates this covenant with Noah. And I want you to pick up in 8, verse 22. God himself is speaking here. God himself speaking, declaring out loud to Noah and every hearer, Ham, Japheth, and Shem, whatever, Shem, Ham, Japheth, Shem, Ham, Japheth, their wives, everyone, right there, they're hearing. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. Yes, God is talking about sowing into the ground a seed, but that's a kingdom law and principle that God made this earth established by. 
Everything created has a seed within it. Our bodies have seed within them. The fruit that we eat has seed within them. Everything created, because God is all about seed, time, and harvest. And the way that we operate here on this earth is kingdom children is not necessarily through buying, selling, supply, and demand. There is one who withholds more than is right. Why should you withhold from your neighbor to do good when you have it in the power of your hand to do today? Why should you say go and come back? How good is your righteousness, James says, if you have something to give and you withhold it? Guys, we have been holding on to more than we should because we're afraid. We're afraid. What if I give it all? Hey, look. I'm still standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still standing. There are people in this room who are still standing, having done all to stand, having given all, every possession. God may not be calling you to give every possession, but if he doesn't have a hold of your pocketbook, your purse, and your wallet, he does not have your heart. How could you say that, Kurt? Because Jesus simply said that where your treasure is, your heart will be. And so we need to be at the place where the Lord can move on our heart and say, I want you to sow right there into that ministry. I want you to give right there. I want you to sow into that person. Now, going back to the ministries that you may have sowed into, the ministries that you may have given into, maybe they went belly up. Maybe they went upside down. Maybe you found out they were a crook. They're now in jail. And you're saying, dear God, I gave all that money away. Uh -uh -uh -uh. I believe in sowing seed into fertile soil. Jesus teaches that. However... God loves the cheerful giver. You read it, so did I. God loves the cheerful giver. So I'm going to ask you something today. I'm going to ask you if you are willing to look at the seed that you have sown financially into a ministry, even if you were lied to, manipulated, coerced, and I want you to take communion over that today. By the way, you don't have to be a church to take communion. You can have some grape juice and bread at home. You can take communion at home. You can break bread with your family at home. You can break bread with your spouse at home. Every area that's been a little broken, shattered, or disheveled in my life, we take bread over it, and the Lord comes right. We're putting the blood of Jesus on it. We're putting the broken body of Jesus on it. So I want you to look at that seed, that financial gift that you gave, and I want you to take communion over it, and I want you to let it die. I'm asking you, because it's keeping your heart from coming to the Father. It's keeping your heart from coming to him. Because just like me, you're holding it up and saying, but God, I already gave to a church. And then I found out the pastor was messing around. I already gave to a church. And I found out they used it for their boat. I already gave to a church. I mortgaged my house, God. And I gave it to the church. And they betrayed me. Will you let it die? Will you let it be a seed? Because God is able to take a dead seed and produce a harvest. That's sowing and reaping. He's able to take. Do we not realize that the seed is dead? The seed that you plant into the ground, that's dried up and dead. But through germination, soil, water, sun, God created this natural process Guys, everything in creation is an illustration 
of God's kingdom. Everything, all of creation declares his glory. All of creation is declaring sow, sow, seed, harvest. So he supplies the seed. This is what I want you to see. Everyone still all right? All right. Who's getting better? Anyone getting better? Okay. I'm getting better. And as we already said, that's all that matters. Part of what we need to realize is, is this is really cool. I love how the Lord brings us to this because this is one of the principles that we bring forth in School of the Spirit. One of the things that's really important to developing your character as the Lord develops your gifting. We, we spend a lot of time in our culture. Everyone wants to be a star now. YouTube. Years ago it was basketball. Everybody's got to be MJ, right? You know, everyone wants to be a YouTube star. Everyone wants to be a star. Everyone's got to be something. And so we spend all this time, energy, and talent, and we focus it on giftings. Well, God, through the scripture, says that your gift has been given without repentance, which means he's not going to take it back. We spend more time developing our gifting than we do our character, which is why when we get to the place that the Lord has called us to, we fall. So the goal is to come into alignment with the development of the Lord through the word and allow him to direct and reshape and mold our character by leaving one kingdom and coming into the other, which is really the only kingdom. And we learn his principles and we learn his law. Okay, some of you are yawning this morning. I'm sorry it's class time, but God is good. We're going to keep moving. So he supplies seed to the sower. Everyone say he supplies it is God who has given you power to create wealth. Read your Bible. He said it in Deuteronomy. Be careful, he said to the Israelites, after you have come into the land, that you think your wealth and the knowledge of your head has brought you to this place. Be careful. Be careful. It is God who has given you power. It's not God's blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> Last time I checked, it actually was. Last time, everything. Last time I checked, it was his blood, sweat, and tears. It is God himself who has given us power to create and generate wealth. He supplies seed to the sower. Here's a principle we teach at School of the Spirit, and it really rings true as you read throughout the Scripture. If you're a follower of Jesus, now this applies to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are owners of nothing and we're stewards of everything. We are owners of nothing, and we are stewards of everything. If Jesus emptied himself, Paul writes in Philippians, we are to empty ourselves. If Jesus made himself of no reputation and emptied himself, guys, we haven't seen the riches of the kingdom of our God. All we see is what's natural on this earth. If Jesus emptied himself of everything he knew eternally in the kingdom, then we need to take on that principle and that law right here. He supplies seed to the sower. So there's a lot chalked up in this that's really good if we can get a hold of it because he gives you the supply. He supplies your seed. The scripture goes on to say, if you can go there with me, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We read it together. I want to read it with this new light again. Take out your May in New King James and read it like this. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. I was young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. David said in the Psalms. He supplies seed to the sower. 
and bread for food. One of the greatest preachers I've ever heard, Pastor Lafayette Scales in Columbus, Ohio, taught us once, and he said this. He said, don't eat your seed and don't cast your bread because it doesn't work that way. Don't eat your seed and don't cast your bread. He supplies the seed. Let me give you a couple examples on this that I've seen ring true in my old life. So as I said to you several moments ago, I hate when I want to give and I can't because my pockets are empty. I hate that feeling, whether it's in my home, with my kids, my parents, family, friends. I hate seeing a need and not being able to fulfill it. Obviously, guys, there's wisdom here, okay? We're not even getting into that this morning. But what I love is to understand that the Lord is the one who supplies the seed and supplies the bread. So what I need to start doing is I need to start retraining my mind to say, Lord, I want to be a sower. Can you give me some seed? What about that, folks? God, I want to be a sower. Can you give me some seed? Because if you read the details of chapters 8, 9, and 10, you'll see that Paul says to the church at Corinth, I know that you desired to give when I was there, but now I'm not there, and I want you to make good on the promise that you gave. I want you to fulfill the desire that was in your heart. Several years ago, it was in my heart to give um, $1,000 to an aging couple. The Lord just spoke to me one day in worship, and the Lord revealed to me that they hadn't been on vacation in a long time. This is several years ago. I don't know if $1,000 would do anything for a vacation now, but the Lord put it on my heart. We're a young family. The Lord put it on my heart, and I was like, I really want to give them $1,000, but I don't have an extra $1,000 by chance right now. Sorry. You know, it's not there. And I said, you know what, Lord? You supply seed to the sower. If you put $1,000 in my hand, guys, you think I'm nuts? I'm not. You put $1,000 in my hands, I will give it to that couple. What do you think he did? He gave it to me because he supplies seed to the sower. Now I'm thinking, shoot, man, somebody just gave me 1000 bucks. Woo! Yo, what did I do to get that? Because I'm just going to do that again. It just got me a thousand bucks. Now let's talk about that. Oh, yep, Lord, I did say that. Well, what if we like make it 700 and I take three? You want to split the pot, God? How do we do this here? 50 50? How does it work? Now, if you think I'm crazy, it's about to get crazier. Lord said, I want you to give a tithe on that and that I still want you to give them a thousand. I said, wait, that's kind of backwards here. That doesn't really work. That's, that's not, he said, that's kingdom math. Because he supplies. Guys, I want to be very cautious. I, I talk about that. I talk very freely, and I tell the students at the School of the Spirit, my stories are my stories. Your stories are yours. You follow the Holy Spirit the way he leads you. Don't do my story. I'm just telling you. Please, just hear the story and hear the principle behind it. He supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. When I was a young buck, I was making tons of money. So 10, 16. How about you give me a few more minutes? Y'all good for like 10, 14 minutes? As a young buck, I was making a lot of money. I was a supervisor from the time I was 17 years old. I made good money as a teenager. They called me preppy. You know, like Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell? Called me preppy in high school. I know I don't look like that now. But that's all right. This is what four kids looks like. I told my wife the other day, this is what four kids looks like this way, that way. So I look all right for having four kids. 
She loves that joke. So as a young buck, I was kind of rebellious, kind of rebellious, not really rebellious, kind of rebellious, super rebellious, about as rebellious as you can be and still live in the house. Um, and so I'm making tons of bank. And one day, the Lord speaks to my father and he says, you got to talk to him about tithe and offering because I'm making tons of money and I'm rolling it. I'm buying all my favorite clothes and I could spend money like nobody's business. And my dad pulls me aside. He says, son, you're not, you're not giving. You're not tithing and you're not offering. And I was so flippant. I think it's amazing that God lets me serve him today. I was a jerk. I was like a bad kid. Like I needed like more. Like I needed godly spankings. Like even mom and dad spankings didn't work. And I'm amazed because I looked at my dad all flippant and arrogant. And I was like, I'm not giving it your God. What has your God done for me? I am amazed that I get to serve God. I'm surprised I'm on his team, but I'm glad. I'm glad Jesus picked me. And, and he was like, oh, son, sit down. You, you don't really know. There were times your mom and I couldn't feed you, and groceries showed up at the back door. How do you explain that? This roof over your head, the first home we've ever owned, how do you explain that? When I lost my job, and the Lord provided for us every step of the way. It's only, Kurt, because we give tithe and offering. And he supplies the seed and the bread. He supplies the seed and the bread. And it didn't sit that day. It didn't take that day or many of the days to come. But it took and it stuck. And I have learned in my own life how faithful the Lord is. And I don't have a series that I'm able to teach you this morning, but I want to share a few principles as we bring this to a close here to help us understand. We have the sign in the back, and it says give as the Spirit leads. And I'm really walking cautiously here because I have to tell you 110%, um, this is not a giving campaign. I am not up here to sell you. I actually will walk off this stage, walk out that door right now, I will never do I'm not interested in that. And that's why the Lord is having me talk on it. I never, having been manipulated and coerced and abused spiritually, I would never want to do that. I'd rather walk away from everything that I can see right now than ever do that. I'm here as a broken vessel standing and pleading to help us understand that if we would just begin to shift our paradigm, read our scripture, see the kingdom principle and law from Genesis to Revelation, we will begin to realize that God's kingdom operates on sowing and reaping. And everything that I have in my purse or my wallet, really it belongs to him. I would have nothing if not for Jesus. I would have nothing because as pompous and arrogant as I can be and say, I'm the one that does the work. I'm the one that wakes up at 4.30, 2.30 every morning and I drive. You can go all the way back. It all belongs to the Lord because if he didn't hang himself on that cross, we'd have absolutely nothing. Because our goodness, our goodness and our faithfulness, it's nothing apart from him. We'll never be good enough. And so if we get into the New Testament scriptures and we begin to see here, we will actually begin to learn that 
All that we have belongs to the Lord. Can I just tell you this, this closing? I hope this is where I close, but this is really good. So because I'm an owner of nothing and I'm a steward of everything, here's the philosophy that I live by. If you steal from me, you steal from God. I live by this. I'm an owner of nothing and I'm a steward of everything. So all the money that I have belongs to the Lord. I don't own my bank account. I don't own my car. I don't own my home. You all already know that. It belongs to the Lord, but that's how we live. I don't own my relationships. I'm a steward over the relationship I have with my wife. I'm a steward over the relationship I have with my children. I am a steward in every area. How does that principle break out over eternity? Jesus said in Luke 16, he who is faithful with the least will be faithful also with much. There's a time that our master and king is coming, and he's going to make good on all the stewardship that you have had on this earth. And he'll say, I watched the way that you gave. Now I'm going to give you more. Read your Bible. Jesus talks about the talents. He's talking about money. We were so caught up in our earthly kingdom here. There's an eternity yet to fill. And we learn stewardship and we learn faithfulness right here on this earth. It's practice, baby, because game time's coming. And I'm not just looking for an eternal reward. I want to please my master. I want to please the king of kings and the Lord of lords because of what he did for me. I don't deserve anything but hell. I don't deserve anything but death. And yet Jesus gave me everything, everything. What do I need to own? I don't need to own anything. I don't need to, because it's all gonna pass away. It's all gonna fade away. But if Jesus looks at me at the day that I arrive and he say, you did a really good job stewarding all the things I gave you. And don't worry, <laughs> my grace and blood makes up for all the mistakes. But your heart was to steward. That's what I wanna hear. Well done, well done. Father, I pray that you were pleased with our study this morning. I pray that it satisfied your heart. Um, and I just want to pray right now if you're in this room I'm really asking you to allow your paradigm to shift based on a few scriptures we looked at today but if you take a look at the scriptures as a whole you'll find it but I want to pray for you this morning specifically if you've been holding your giving ransom from God because of a past hurt. Please, for your own sake, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just because somebody lied to you, stole from you, cheated, doesn't change God's kingdom principle. It doesn't change the law of God's kingdom. So I wanna pray for your heart this morning. Father, I pray for every individual in this room, myself included, that the areas of woundedness with our finances would really begin to be healed. And it's probably gonna come through some sowing, God. I remember when I lost everything, Lord, and I, wouldn't, I didn't wanna give again. You taught me to give a dollar. I remember that. And Lord, I pray that we would really take up on learning to give as the Spirit leads and that we would expect a harvest. 
We trust you for that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Final thing I want to share with you before you walk out those doors. You need to expect a harvest. You need to expect. We don't sow apple seeds and not expect to see apples. Yes, sir. We don't sow the flower seed and not expect to see the flower bloom and blossom. So especially where you have sown, as you let that go and let it really be a seed, expect a harvest. God bless you guys. Have a great day. This is Pastor Zach, and you've been listening to HPC Sermon Notes. Love you guys. God bless you, and have the best day of your life.